0: Thank you for checking out the Aaron Advantage podcast. Today, I am joined by the one and only Mark Fisher, CEO of the Indiana Association of Realtors. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. Doing excellent. I mean, after the last day and a half we've had of some strategic planning and uh, discussing of the
1: future of the association, I'm, I'm feeling pretty positive I'm, right now. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Uh, we've got some good direction, some good energy, um, and great members.
0: Fantastic. So, I'm going to kick off with the first, most important question, the one that probably most of my viewers are going to wonder is, why should anyone care about an association of realtors, specifically the Indiana Association of Realtors?
1: Well, uh, if you are a uh, member of the Indiana Association of Realtors, you, uh, I hopefully you know the value that we provide, both from an advocacy standpoint, but also uh, what we do to advance the industry and the profession. Uh, and and really tackle that issue of professionalism. Uh, and um, uh, yeah it, it's it's a very unique industry with the fact that you've got competitors that come together to cooperate. and I just think that that's just such a wonderful thing um and the the difference we make in the state of indiana
0: yeah i couldn't agree with you more especially on the competitors coming together to cooperate that's been kind of a theme over the last couple of days and something specifically that i've talked about a lot is even on my podcast with our local association president and different things is we are that unique industry that we're in charge of you know working together while working against each other in some circumstances so that's always
1: interesting and self-policing
0: yeah 100 percent. yeah so i want to touch real quick on the advocacy piece because i don't think people are going to be able to see it real well because it's a lot brighter outside than i thought today but advocacy is really important and i think you guys have the lock on location because right over mark's right (laughs) shoulder well the state house right there right behind you right
1: yes the indiana state house uh all three branches of government are in the indiana state house and we've got a five-story a blade sign right outside the Indiana Realtor Building.
0: Which is right over here. So, uh,
1: yeah, so there's no mistaking where we are. Uh, The legislators, the governor's office, they, they know where we
0: are. Yeah, the governor can actually see our building out his window, am I correct?
1: I think he gave my predecessor a little bit of guff about that. It's so prominent. <laughs>
0: it's very prominent there. <laughs> what kind of advocacy things has the Indiana Association of Realtors been able to accomplish? Obviously, these are things that probably go under the radar for most people that they don't right. realize what we're doing to impact, you know, the day-to-day consumer of real estate. And I think that's something that's really important to get out there in front of people.
1: That's right. Uh, you know, we, we have this role of both advancing uh, an industry in protecting home ownership and uh, advancing our communities but also thinking about the the day to day uh, issues that many of our members face uh, and in conducting conducting their business and their transactions so it could be anything from licensure law to uh, a big legislative task force on housing supply as I've traveled around the state inventory seems to be uh, top of mind uh, that is the major driver of the the rapid increase in prices is the lack of inventory so we it's really fun to be able to work on really really big picture items but also get into the the details of, of how uh, regulations we are a regulated industry, and, and how that regulation impacts our members on a day-to-day basis.
0: Excellent. You know, with that regulation, I think most people think that that's actually the job that the uh, Indiana Association does, which is regulate the licenses of everybody who's in real estate, and, and that's not the case, is it?
1: No. Uh, a realtor is not a profession. It is a membership in the uh, National Association, the Indiana Association, and your local association. Uh, we represent about 84% of the licensees uh, in the state of Indiana, so it's not 100%. Um, but we we are the only entity that is really advocating for private property rights and home ownership, uh, in addition to uh increasing professionalism amongst our, our members and licensees.
0: Yeah, and that professionalism piece, I think, is one of the things that really sets realtors apart from a That's lot right. of other people. Because, you know, anybody can get a real estate license and get out there and represent people who are buying and selling homes with nobody's interest at heart but their own. But realtors, you know, we have that additional code of ethics and that requirement right. of professionalism to say, hey, we, we have a fiduciary responsibility. And above the fiduciary responsibility, just really the whole mindset of, we're gonna make sure that we put the consumer first.
1: That's right, and really, it, it you know, a license is a baseline, right? right? A realtor really adheres to a code of ethics and a standard of professionalism that goes beyond, above, and beyond what a law uh, may require, uh, and that really uh, represents the true professionalism of a realtor member. Their commitment to fair housing, their commitment to um, uh, kind of holding themselves. Again, we we have a professional standards committee where where we we administer. Um, Uh, and and kind of intake on professional standards complaints and then have a tribunal of sorts. Um, So I I think that's a really important distinction between what is a licensee and what is a Realtor is that that code of ethics and that level of professionalism, that self-policing that goes above and beyond what uh, any law may require.
0: Perfect. Now, let's get into the membership. You know, how many people are members of the Indiana Association of Realtors? It doesn't have to be an exact figure. Yeah,
1: we we, we just surpassed 21,000 members uh, in the state of Indiana. Um, licenses are are continuing to be issued Uh, we have new members joining Um, uh, we've we've seen it level off a little bit but it's still increasing Uh, so 21,000 just above 21,000 at this Point in time that's yeah. always changing, <laughs> always changing.
0: Right. Uh, now, now that uh, the professional licensing agency is getting uh, caught up on some of that processing and able to get us new uh, licensees, we'll probably see more of those member numbers increase as well. That's
1: right, but that you know it's not just on PLA. We got to make sure that we're filling out our paperwork all right and understanding what the process is. And so there's there is that onus on. Uh, you know, individual on brokers, the applicant on and the applicants the and the brokers, right? It's not just PLA. Uh, you know, uh, the state agencies um, have, like many other industries, staffing challenges. I, I was told there are 2,000 open positions in the state government. Uh, wow. And so uh, you see staffing challenges, you see turnover. Um, and so we, we've got to give them uh, some empathy on that. Uh, and they're, they've recently, PLA has recently hired some new staff to help this volume. But um yeah it's it's also on us too,
0: yeah couldn't agree with you more. Let's get into some more fun stuff. some of the things that iAR oh, fun stuff. the the fun stuff the stuff that IAR does that uh, probably uh, even up with the amount of involvement I've had myself and all the other things that I've been going on that I didn't even realize was as awesome as it is.
1: yeah, statewide forms so, oof, scorcher, <laughs> but probably the most important uh, service we provide our members so I just learned that there are states that don't have statewide forms, and it hasn't been all that long that we've had statewide forms. It's and that's, true. You know, we've talked a little lot about how we reduce that friction uh, in in the transaction process, and being able to provide a standard statewide form that is updated uh, with input from our members and professionals every year, and and sent out and made available uh, in an easy to use electronic format is. Uh, Based you saw the survey results it's the number one service we provide our members because that gets to the heart of the day-to-day interaction and transactions they they're engaged in
0: absolutely and and, you know most people think of forms and they're like listing contract purchase agreement but andy rudolph our state president and i often joke about the fact that we've created our own education piece called there's a form for that (laughs) because literally iar has come up with a form for basically
1: every single scenario that you can think of well but you know that's a result of the member en- engagement in developing those forms. You know, the, the, the market is dynamic, things are gonna change year to year, and uh, to have a group of committed individuals, um, some with legal backgrounds, many with just, you know, their professional experience, coming to the table and saying, hey, this is something that's come up uh a lot in recent transactions we need to add it to the form right uh that that is again the the power and the 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 beauty of our association is the members are driving that and and we're responding to the needs of our members yeah
0: and the fact that you're doing that in a way to standardize that to make it so easy for all the members across the state when so many other states aren't doing that i think that is just something that's awesome and a huge huge benefit to to the professionals
1: in our industry for sure i'm really eager to go now that i know some of these states that don't have I want to go i kind of want to go i'm going so i'm going to a a meeting with my peers and and june and what what are you doing
0: (laughs) (laughs) i I want to know the conversations that they're having and we're like hey what are the issues you're seeing with multiple offers because i can tell you right now even when they're all on the same form when you're getting 15 offers right it's complicated enough trying to navigate 15 different forms with 15 different offers i can't even imagine
1: that's right or more than 15 different forms, right?
0: That's true. There's plenty of markets where they're seeing 50, 60 offers on a home. That's right. Hopefully they have some standardized forms there.
1: Yeah, We'll see. (laughs) Not my problem. I'm I'm here to serve the the Indiana members. (laughs) There
0: you go. Uh, Another great thing that we offer in Indiana that uh, I thought was a huge benefit to my business and to my involvement in the association and everything else, something you're going through personally (laughs) right now, the Indiana Leadership Academy. Absolutely. As someone who uh, is new to the industry in some ways, someone who came from a different background previously, talk a little bit about your experience and kind of the process that you've been, I mean, you got thrown
1: right in the deep end. I I think it was my first or second day, Kathy Harbaugh, our senior vice president, I said, hey, we have a leadership academy. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, and we want you to go through it. I, I agreed. It was it was a great opportunity for me. You know, I I have uh, the opportunity to work with some amazing people. Our board of directors is, is you know second to none, um, but it gave me such a great opportunity early on in, in my tenure here at IAR to interact with uh, uh, you know um, up and coming. Uh, realtors. Some of them are, are managers. Some of them are managing brokers. Some of them are just brand new to the industry. And so, I've just picked their brain. Why did you get in the industry? What's your experience? What you you know? What are the pain points for you? You know? And so, it's it's kind of that opportunity to to to. Interact with the frontline folks, yep, uh, in a less formal setting because you know when I go out to things I like to wear my suit and tie, and it's a little more casual setting at, at Leadership Academy.
0: He likes to wear a suit and tie. He says I've never seen him in anything other than a su-. maybe the maybe the ties come off once <laughs> or twice.
1: I, I, I was at a uh, an event for a, a, a member company, kind of doing my my spiel on uh, the benefits of IAR, and I, I sat through this panel discussion when I was talking about how he got into the industry, and said, "Well, I, I really don't want to." Uh, didn't want to put on a suit and tie and get in my car and drive down to an office and work nine to five. And and I think that that is reflective in a large swath of our uh, our membership. And I got up right after him and said, nothing gets me out of bed in the morning. Like, (laughs) getting up a, and putting on a suit and tie, getting in my car, driving to the Indiana Realtor building and serving you our members and you know the crowd kind of laughs and um, but uh, it, it's it, the leadership academy, I'll say I've, I've gone through uh, some local leadership academies here in Indianapolis. Uh, our, our program is as good if not better than any any program I've been through. It's uh, there's individual leadership, how to be a better individual, how to be a better um, realtor, how to be a better board member of your local or state association, how to be a better speaker. So we do um, uh, media training and presentation skills, conflict resolution, uh, team building exercises. It's just, um, it's been a great, great experience.
0: Does my good buddy, Paul Wyman still come in and teach Robert's Rules? Oh,
1: Robert's Rules. Oh man. And Does he still yeah.
0: provide the fork?
1: I don't know about the fork, Okay. but uh, it, he did. And you know, I've worked in government relations for Almost twenty years now and I've I've been a lot of boards and parliamentary procedure. I'd say uh, by far everybody should have Paul Wyman come in and teach I could not uh, Robert's it. rules of orders. I learned so much. And then the best part about it is I'm sitting in a committee here in the like the next week and at the state house and I'm like no 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 no. A motion to table does not need a second, you know. And I and I learned that from from Paul Wyman after 20 years of doing this. So yeah.
0: it was great. I'll tell you what that is one of the things that uh, I I kind of get uh, called out as a stickler in our local association as uh, the parliamentarian uh, all the time and being the guy who knows the stuff and enforces the rules. And, You're that guy. And it it 100 <laughs> stems from listening to Paul Wyman during Leadership Academy. So uh, I am that guy a hundred percent, which is, which is why I'm more comfortable chairing committees now than I've ever been before. Right. So that's always It really
1: fun. does teach you how to be, uh, uh, you know, a better individual, but how to be that community, that civic and that association leader as well.
0: Yeah. Now I want to touch on something that I think is more important than almost anything else with what you do, which is taking the feedback of the members and getting them involved. And I think that the engagement from the Indian association with the local associations and the day-to-day that's membership right. is one of the things that I think is just really cool and something that I'm I'm really passionate about. Talk to us about this volunteer interest profile that you guys kind of put together to get more involvement because, you know, not just consumers, but also other real estate professionals listen to this podcast and they may not be aware, even though, you know, we've put it in front of them plenty of times. Realtors are not known for their ability to read and open all their emails, (laughs) so...
1: Uh, no comment. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, as I was interviewing for the job, I was, I was told about this new governance structure. And we have gone through some changes at the state level with our board, going from a board of 47 to 17. What I didn't realize was it hadn't been implemented yet. So my first year as CEO was this new governance structure. Um, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with the changes we've made. It allows us to be strategic. It allows us to be more nimble, You know, respond or even get ahead of of market trends or industry trends uh, or of, of public policy issues. Uh, but it does, f- it feels a little bit limited in, in, in how we reach out to the individual members, the individual managing brokers. And so we have a lot of great um, uh, volunteer opportunities. It, you know, if it's standing committees or work groups or our PAGs, a term I learned since I've joined uh, the Realtors Association. Presidential don't advisory don't like group for there those you that go. don't so, know. Thank you, I, I wasn't sure which one. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it, so we have these great opportunities, but we also want to avoid this this notion of, you know, it's a good old boys club, and we're going to get the same voices, because you get the same voices around the table, you're going to get the same results, right. and so we need to make sure that our, uh, our the people at the table... Because you know, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. Are reflective of our membership. That means uh, geographic diversity, it means age diversity, it means company size diversity, it means experience diversity. And so, um, it, it really uh, we need to make sure that we we bring new, fresh perspectives. And so, we wanted to create this volunteer interest profile um, to allow people to kind of register what they're interested in, what they think their skill sets are, and then um, that is the group when we. Form new groups or have vacancies on our committees. That's the form we go to. That's the list we go to to pull from because those are people that have expressed that interest and have said these are the things I'm interested in, and here's what I can bring to the table. So it's very important that if you're interested in getting involved, fill out that VIP form.
0: Absolutely, and that's one of those things that I think um, even even myself I didn't know how to get involved previously, and so I just started asking questions on my own because I was that curious guy, and I was like, you know, what do I do? Where do I go? Who ask do I talk questions to? Or- I do ask questions. <laughs> I make statements more than I ask questions. Let's, I mean, you know who I am and how I operate. So, yes, that's fair. <laughs> I think you've known me. Uh
1: seven months, about seven,
0: six, seven months, and uh, have already called me out on multiple occasions in a variety of places on, hey, keep the microphone away from that guy.
1: Now, in fairness, I did come to to the the holiday party, and you were a a wonderful MC, but you made the remark, I can't believe they gave me a microphone. I did. I did. So I'm just, I'm just going, I'm following (laughs) your lead. That's all.
0: (laughs) Well, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, Let's, let's talk about some of the things, some data queries that you've discussed and some things that are probably going to be Coming up and, uh, and reasons that an association is still valuable. Yeah. Well, mortgage rates. Yeah. We know they're going up. And they're going to continue to go up. And how does that impact the market? I, I, I hear the housing bubble word
1: being thrown around a whole lot it, right now. Well, you know, I think we got to be careful about what we're talking about with the bubble, right? Exactly. Prices have gone up, but this isn't 08, right? Right. This isn't 09, which was easy money and almost an oversupply of housing. So when it all came crashing down, those. those it just plummeted. The prices and the, the values plummeted, and we found people underwater for years. Right. We have a supply constraint issue right now, and that is causing the the rapid increases in prices. Is that we haven't had a year over year increase in inventory since 2014. Mm-hmm. We've added two two hundred and ten thousand people to our state since 2014. So we have a supply issue. Um, this is an inflationary environment for not just houses, but for food. For gas, we have supply chain problems, right. um, and so we have labor shortages, and which is causing labor—you know—the the wages to go up. Uh, all these inputs are are rising, and it, in the homes, you know, the housing market isn't escaping that inflationary pressure either. The Fed is moving to uh, to tamp down on demand. They they can by through in- increasing interest rates uh, impact demand. Mm-hmm. We have to have a supply side and a demand side, right? They're trying to impact demand, and it's having its intended impact. We've, you know, reading stories this morning about the, the housing market's cooling. We're hearing from individual members, "Yeah, I'm experiencing a little cooling down. I don't see a crash coming, but it, it's certainly a um, maybe a cooling or a more rational market." Maybe. There we go. That's, that's what <laughs> yeah. I've been telling people. Right, it's it, a more rational it's market. Normalizing. Right. So, uh, you know, we know the Fed has indicated they're going to increase rates probably two more times. That's going to put more pressure on interest rates. Um, and that will cool the demand. What we are interested in, are are we seeing people, especially in like the spring, early spring, kind of flooding the market, you know, rushing to market to get ahead of those in- interest rates increase. And so are we kind of seeing a double uh, a double dip or double uh, um, uh, um, shortage of demand? Because first people are, are naturally, okay, well maybe it's a little bit more expensive to purchase that house, but also, they flooded into the market early to get ahead of that.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. So and, and the other thing that I tell people on top of that is, you know, supply and demand is definitely one, one thing that we're discussing. The other thing is there's so much more equity in properties Absolutely. today, and we're at a fixed interest rate market as compared to all of the adjustable rate mortgages that were going on in 2005, 2006, that once they adjusted, people couldn't afford their houses anymore. That's right. Pe- people are putting putting themselves in a position where they're locked in for 30 That's years, right. 15 to 30 years, depending on where they're at. So, I really don't see any kind of crash on the horizon. I'm, I'm kind of... Happy to see some of this normalization that's taking place. Does it change the way that realtors have to operate? Absolutely, but by staying ahead of that and being educated in the information that's put out by people like IAR and local associations and ways right. to make sure you're taking care of your consumer, I think I think we're going to be on the right side of things.
1: In l- a little historical context, I mean, they still it's great rates. Still really good rates, right? I mean,
0: my it, first house, I paid six and a half, and I was told how amazing that rate that, was. I mean, my
1: my debt, you know, eighteen percent, right? It's right. it's you know so. I, I will say, you know, that the arms. I saw that arms are uh, back at their highest level since two thousand nine. So people are looking at those options. But uh, yeah, it, it, you know, these are the the questions we're asking. You know, how high will it go, and how will it impact the market? And right. uh, you know, big concern for us at the association is fifty three percent of our membership has been in the industry less than eight years, and that means they've not seen. Uh, almost their entire professional career uh, is irrational rise. Uh, irrational market almost, yeah. right? And so, you know, how do we better serve our members and how to then, in turn, they better serve their their customers and the consumers uh, by helping them understand, you know, historical context and, and, you know, what a long-term investment looks like and right. what the options are in future years. So, um, again still really good rates. Yeah.
0: The 30-year average I think is still at 7%. So, I mean, we're we're looking pretty good right now. Yeah. 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 So, another most another big important thing is uh, with the low inventory, high prices, high demand for homes. This is a this is one of the things that unfortunately a lot of people don't talk about because they feel like it might sound too self-serving. Yeah. A lot of a lot of sellers can just do it on their own. It's super easy. They don't need any kind of professional help is a misunderstanding that I think is in the marketplace.
1: Absolutely. Um, You know, if if you're a realtor member right now, I highly, highly encourage you to get online, uh, state website. We've got the buyer and seller's profile. And they they ask people, what are you looking for? Why do you go to a realtor? Is, Is it to make sure that your house is in the best condition? Understanding the comps and the market. Somebody that has a very specialized knowledge of that individual neighborhood. Um, the, uh, m- again, making sure your house is ready, making sure that you get the rice pri- price point. So, you know, if you have time constraints and you need to get it sold quickly, or you can wait a little bit, but really pricing it right. Uh, and then helping you through it's, it's, it's an extremely emotional, uh, process. Yeah. You know, I, I, I am not a practitioner. I've bought and sold a few houses in my day. And I can tell you it is so emotional. And my realtor was that trusted advisor was that, that almost counselor and emotional support at times, right? A hundred percent. But but it, there's there's the technical side and then there's the emotional side. And, and so, you know, you can sell your house, but you know, what are you leaving on
0: the table? Exactly. Uh,
1: what are you forgetting? I think,
0: I think the national statistic uh, that I saw most recently was people who sell their home without the assistance of an agent end up netting about $80,000 less right.
1: on average. And go pay your attorney to write up that contract too.
0: Exactly. You think? Do you think they're going to do that for free? Absolutely not. So. Yeah. So the other the other thing that I would say is, you know, so many people. You talk about the emotional side of it. Yeah. But for the vast majority of the people out there, this is your large, largest financial instrument in your life. Absolutely. I can invest my money and try to figure out the best way to increase my right. wealth and do other things. But I don't because right. I don't specialize in that. That's right. I don't want to be the person that's like, I can do this one or two times every five years or so and think that I'm an expert and try to handle it that's myself. Right. So that's, that, right. that's one of those things I'm always like, I, I would not trust myself to do things that I'm competent enough to do it, but I don't know what I don't know. And All I don't right. know what kind of trouble I'm getting myself into. Right.
1: They're, they're, they're experts that really specialize in what they do. Um, and realtors play such an important role that, especially ones that really know a, a very niche market and, and and can really help you understand. Um, you know, I, I heard somebody say, don't don't discount the services you're providing to your clients because they're so important. And as a consumer, I can tell you that peace of mind of knowing I've got a strong advocate on my behalf, that's gonna help me not just at the point of sale, mm-hmm. but the entire journey in, in deciding Uh, If I want to sell my house, and if I do, what's the price point? What do I need to do to get it ready? I think so much is focused on, oh, for sale by owner, it's just that one transaction. But it's an entire journey, an entire process. Yeah, I think
0: the most successful realtors that I know are the people who put the emphasis on the relationship with the client well beyond the transaction that's right i tell everybody that work with like i'm here to serve you before during and after the sale that's right i'm i'm not just the guy who shows up at the closing hand you a thank you gift and then walks out and then you never hear from me again so i I think most realtors want to be that trusted advisor who want to stay involved in their clients lives and who want to help them with stuff outside of just the home you know when people have problems of you know hey i'm trying to find a mechanic and i don't know who to turn to I want to be the first call that those people make, right? because I want them to realize, like, hey, I'm here to take care of you, not just try to earn a commission check whenever you go to buy or sell a home. That's right. So um, I think think this industry, I'm fortunate enough that I've only had this as the only real job I've ever had in my life. I started uh, when I was 19 years old, got licensed, worked all through college as an administrative uh, kind of pro for a team, and then started doing this on my own. And I can tell you that this is probably the most rewarding thing that I could ever see
1: myself doing, because... Really, we're all kind of running our own businesses. Right. You, you know, and it's it's beyond that, again, beyond that transaction and beyond that, that individual relationship. But it's, you know, our members are so committed to their communities. They're so, they're the most involved and engaged uh, people I know. Yeah. And they're often the front door to a community, mm. and so especially you yeah, have somebody moving from out of town. You, your realtor isn't just showing you the house; they're showing you the amenities, they're showing you the schools, they're showing you what that community has to offer, and taking a lot of that kind of angst uh, off of moving to a place where you may not know a lot of people. Or maybe you're moving for a job, or um, or, what, or you know you're, you're following a you know your partner uh, to a new community. And your realtor is often that first point of contact. And yeah. they're so they so knowledgeable and, and passionate about their individual communities.
0: Yeah. You earlier said we had 220,000 people who have moved to the state of Indiana. They probably have no point of reference of anything that's going on where they're at other than the realtor who is introducing them and bringing them in and showing right. them around.
1: That's right. So. that's right.
0: Mark, I really appreciate your time today. Is there anything else specifically that you think is important for people to know about the Indiana Association of Realtors?
1: Yeah, you know, we're, we're really here. Um, to serve our members, uh, and and in turn protect the customer. You know, the the realtor is there um, as that trusted advisor, and and really protecting the homeowner and the consumer. Uh, and so, uh, you know, really working in here, we at the association are here to serve them. Yeah. So.
0: Well, like I said, I really appreciate your time today. I think this is some fantastic information and uh, we'll definitely have to uh, make this happen again sometime in the
1: future. Uh, Next time down in Evansville. Sounds like a plan. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Hey,
0: this is Aaron Luttrell. Thank you so much for checking out the Aaron Advantage podcast. If you would like to be a guest, please feel free to reach out to me anytime. We're always looking for other people to interview.